This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your home for common sense science-based health care. Here's your host, Dr. T.J. Williams. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. T.J. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hi. <laughs> every time. We laugh every time. Um, so today on the lovely Wellness 101, we are going to be talking about how to improve sleep. This is a a topic that we've had actually quite a bit of of questions regarding people suggesting, hey, you know, can you talk about sleep on the show? Or you know, I my sleep is terrible, and you know, this is also something that we spend quite a bit of time on when we do consultations with people is talking about their ability to sleep, whether they're able to fall asleep, um, stay asleep, how many times they wake up. Um, if it's really bothering them, trust us, it's one of the first things they tell us about is I can't sleep. Um, but some people are so used to having decreased amounts of sleep that that's just become normal. It's become normal for them to only get four hours of sleep. It's become normal to only get you know five hours of sleep or to only sleep for a couple hours and then be up for three or four hours and then go back to sleep and then have a hard time getting up in the morning. It's just become normal for them. And it's so unhealthy and impacting their their overall health in so many ways. Well, and when, you know, it when that becomes normal, when you get to a point where it's, you know, you're consistently getting that little amount of sleep, unfortunately, all of the things that go along with lack of sleep become normal also. And it's a slippery slope because right. all of these other things start happening and all of a sudden it's normal that you're craving sugar. Right. And you're, you know, needing caffeine to get anything done. And, you know, all of these additional things. It's normal that you're carrying on, carrying extra weight. You know what I find is very interesting that is becoming normal is that research is showing less and less sleep is what is needed. And I completely disagree with where research is going. So when I started my collegiate career years ago, um, a lot of years ago, 20, over 20, I one of the biggest things that was talked about was sleep. Sleep was talked about throughout the you know my the entirety of all of my education. And in the beginning, it was you have to get eight hours of sleep a night. You have to do this. You know, this is it's so important to have eight hours of sleep. If you don't get eight hours of sleep, you're just robbing your body. And that was that was the the mantra that came constantly over and over and over again. Get eight hours of sleep. You got to get a good solid eight hours of sleep. There's a study in the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine that says that a lapse in adequate sleep time and they define that as seven hours. We're reducing the time that's necessary to sleep. Seven hours can lead to decreased attention span, depressed feelings, and difficulty processing ideas. It also leads to increased weight gain and increases your chances of getting sick, right? And then, you know, once that happens, now we're talking about financial repercussions that go along with lack of sleep. We're talking about time off work. Um, we're talking about decreased productivity, um, work-related accidents happen, and increased healthcare costs. So it's very interesting to me that research is is saying, okay, well, what if we just look at a, a little less sleep? What if we just look at a little less sleep? Next, you know, in the, by the time I'm 80 years old, they're going to, this research is at this rate, is going to be saying, well, if you don't get five and a half hours of sleep, you're really causing yourself problems. No, you're causing yourself problems when you don't get eight hours of sleep. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's really from a from a research and a person who actually reads research 
perspective, I'm seeing a shift in what is acceptable. And it's it's really it's disheartening and it's sad. You know, nobody's willing or, you know, to stand up and say, no, you actually need eight hours of sleep. They're, they're just kind of going with the research. Oh, no, research says you only need seven. Well, it's funny you said that because it reminds me of, and we've had this conversation many times, of all of these, you know, when we read things that talk about um, increasing your tolerance to stress. And we're just like, why would you want to do that? Right. I mean, no, we don't need, um, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense to say, well, you know, I've got more stress, so I need to be able to handle more and more and more. No, you need right. to figure out how to not have all of that stress. Why not figure out ways to decrease the stress, not increase your tolerance, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we're doing the same thing with sleep. It's like, well, you know, we need to figure out ways to, you know, function on less sleep. And how do you do that? And, well, no, we just need to be able to get more sleep. Yeah, just set the phone down. Right. And we're going to talk about some things that you can do, too. But, I mean, setting a phone down makes a a huge difference. We just learned a a week or so ago, I was listening to someone talk about the amount of of, uh, time spent on social media. Basically, no matter what your age, people are spending 25 minutes a day on average on either Instagram or Facebook, usually one or the other. You know, they're spending 25 minutes on Instagram. You're spending 25 minutes on Facebook. That's an hour. Add that back to your seven, you got almost eight hours of sleep now. Right. I mean, it, well, this we, doesn't, it's not hard to find time. We always talk about, too. I mean, when we talk to people and they'll be talking about their stress level and all the things that they have to get done, and then be, they're able to tell you what happened on all these different TV shows, and we're just like, okay, well, clearly you do have time. I mean, it's a priorities issue. Right. It's the same. I mean. There are 168 hours in a week. How are you spending your 168? If you're not spending it sleeping, how productive are you? Are you getting everything done that you need to get done? That's the that's the question. That's a big Tony Robbins thing is how do you spend your 168? What do you do? Well, and I think that it makes a big difference. I mean, so I come at this from a different perspective, I guess, because I, I mean, well, I was that person who barely got any sleep for a long time. I, you know, when I was in, I got my law degree and my MBA at the same time, two Ooh. two different um, degrees. Well, I mean, like I was doing, I was working at the same time. It was, you know, I was running every morning. I was like, I don't need that much sleep. And then, you know, I started in a big firm. And how, how long did you do that? Years. How many? Five years? Eight probably. years? Um, well, I mean, so three years in law school. I did it then and then probably my first, within two years of practicing I was experiencing migraines and I mean, mm-hmm. I, I started, I mean, that's when that started, but still I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. And right. then I, I was able to get less and less sleep because I couldn't turn my brain off. I mean, it was all of these things fast forward. And eventually, I mean, we talked about this before I have three autoimmune conditions. Um, like it does catch up to you. And now right. I look at things completely differently. And I mean, people still think I'm crazy. I'm, you know, running a clinic. I'm, you know, have a full-time a job as an attorney, um, a six-month-old. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Six and a half. Six and a half. But um, I, he, uh, but I, I still am making sure that I'm getting sleep. Right. Even you know, though he at, at the know. sacrifice of me getting sleep. Well, no, I mean, you know, like I was just saying, like, well, <laughs> one of us has to. Get one up, of so. us is waking up. Well, both of us are waking up. That's Let's, true. <laughs> this That's true. it goes back and forth. That's true. But I mean, 
I was I was trying to I, I overstepped my bounds yeah, a little bit a little <laughs> bit as someone who is still getting up in the middle of the night um, for breastfeeding like yeah, yeah you you aren't yeah. doing it all no no not even not even a little bit <laughs> but I mean but sleep has become that much more important and I think you know one of the reasons why we have this show and one of the reasons why I'm on this show is because I've been through it and I can tell you it's not worth it right eventually you have to pay and now. With suffering from three autoimmune conditions, I can't skimp on sleep, right. or I do not function. Right. But I'm, but it's hard because I look back and I think if I had learned that early on, I, I wouldn't have the autoimmune conditions that I'm suffering from now. I mean, who knows, right? That's I, right. It's because it all kind of um, cascades, and right. you and, end up with these. And by the time you finally figured out that there was a problem and your sleep was being disrupted, it was too late. Right. At that point, it's already too late. You have now. You have to go back and and figure out where the. I mean, it took a while to go back and say, okay, well, yeah, actually, I was I was changing my sleep. I, I, this happens with patients all the time that are in the office. They they are certain that this one thing in their life is the changing point, and it was you know a year or two ago. But they're suffering from chronic conditions that take decades to develop. Right. And when we finally go back and we say, okay, well, you know, you're you're fifty years old. How much sleep did you get in college? And they say, well, you know, not a lot. And they, they finally, we finally figure out this stuff happened when they were actually in high school. Their sleep patterns started being disrupted and, because they were trying to be in more activities and do right. more things. And I want to say, I mean, I think that we're constantly amazed. Um, you know, we talk about the fact that the younger and younger people are really getting on board with the whole functional medicine movement and yep. they're understanding, you know, that this is, I think it's, you know, a lot of people when they're middle-aged or older come in because they have these chronic conditions and they really, they have to do something at that point. Yeah, they're tired of being sick and tired. But and, we're And 40 medications at right. one time isn't helping. But really, you know, I mean, we hear all of these negative things about millennials. Millennials are really, I think, smart about the way that they're looking at health. I yeah. mean, because they're they're getting the fact that, hey, the conventional model isn't working. What do I need to do? Yeah, and and so, they, they can't afford the conventional model either. Right. They know the conventional model. I mean, because, uh, you know, $1,000 a month on health insurance and a $10,000 deductible, they're spending $22,000 before they're able to use their health insurance. Right. Why not use that to something that's actually going to fix their problem right. rather than, than just treat symptoms? But I think— um, That doesn't take a rocket scientist. Yeah. I mean, my— It, it takes an economist, but not a rocket scientist. <laughs> My point on this is that um, I think it's amazing that they are really kind of jumping on board with this because sleep is something that, I mean, you know, like I said, when I started out, you know, really decreasing the amount of sleep that I thought I needed, I was in my 20s and probably started in my teens. You can make it up at that point. Like it's not until later that it kind of starts to register and you know you start seeing the ramifications of that so it really is it says a lot when we've got these young people coming in and saying i know that it's a priority and been doing it before they're actually having the problems because you won't notice it immediately when you're in your teens or 20s you won't your body can handle it it cannot continually handle that as you get older right that's and that's one of the that's a that's a very very good point it's just it's not sustainable You're just burning the candle at both ends. It's not sustainable. And for those of you who are thinking that you'll just do it for a short period of time and then, you know, well, I'll sleep more when I get older. Things don't really tend to go that way. Plus, you could be in my position where by the time you get older, you've now, you know, um, developed these conditions 
that could have been prevented if you had just slept. Right. <laughs> right. That's true. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some insomnia symptoms, and we're going to talk about types of insomnia and causes of insomnia. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. Today on the show, we are talking about how to improve sleep. Um, We spent the last segment... um, just kind of talking about why you need sleep. Why, yeah, why you need sleep. Um, I took a little nap in the in the break. Um, feel a little better. Feel a little more refreshed. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about insomnia. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about insomnia because we've got a a list, a, a pretty long list, and we'll get through what we can get through today uh, on natural remedies for insomnia or difficulty sleeping. So there are. Basic two basic types of insomnia. There's acute insomnia and chronic insomnia. And acute insomnia is basically brief episodes of difficulty sleeping usually goes away without having to do anything about it. Um, this this is stuff that's uh, typically stressful events or traumatic events can cause sleeplessness um, and, and, and acute in, insomnia. Whereas chronic insomnia is lasting for a much longer period of time. Um, it's usually defined um, for, for medical reasons or medical intent for, to give you a diagnosis of chronic insomnia. You basically have difficulty sleeping for at least three nights per week that has been going on for three months or longer. It's the three and threes. Um, so if that's you, and I promise you, it's 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 amazing. Let's put it this way: I, it's amazing if it's not you, because most people can easily say, "Oh no, there's at least three nights a week right. for the last ten years that I haven't slept well." It's scary, like right. how many people? Yeah, this pertains to. Yeah, it really truly is. So, those are the two basic types of insomnia. So, what are symptoms of insomnia? Some people don't even realize that they have insomnia because they don't they don't know the symptoms and what they are. Um, one of the big symptoms is just taking a long time to fall asleep. Now, this is I think there are things that contribute to this. Things like look, playing on your computer or on your cell phones late at night as you're trying to go to sleep. Um, that's a that's a big one. The light from those those things cause your brain to think it's high noon, and so you're waking yourself back up, and you do that until eventually, you know, some people will say, oh, no, I, I watch TV until I fall asleep, or I, I play on my computer until I fall asleep. Well, really what you're doing is you're, you're watching TV or playing on your computer or phone until you're completely exhausted and your body has to sleep. You're not getting sleep. Your your body is just turning itself off and saying, I can't go any longer. And then by that time, it's usually past what time you should be going to bed, and you're not going to get your full eight hours of sleep for the night anyway. So that's, that's one piece of the puzzle. Um, waking up frequently throughout the, throughout the night. If you're waking up more than you know a time or two, um, that's an issue. Some people will be waking up a couple of times if 
to use the restroom or things like that, th- those types of things, you may have another medical condition. You should be able to sleep through the night without waking up. You should be able to sleep a full eight hours without having to wake up. As we get older, it's more difficult. We Sometimes we have to wake up to use the restroom. That's its own health reasons for that as well um, that we're just not going to get into on this show. Um, not sleeping soundly is another symptom. There are tons of people that don't get sound sleep. They will say, oh, every little thing wakes me up. I, I hear a car drive by and I wake up. And that is a big, big deal, something to pay attention to that you might have insomnia. Um, get, not getting restorative sleep. One of the big things that we ask patients um, when going through is when you wake up, do you feel rested? Very few people actually say yes. It's, it's, we're actually surprised when someone says, yeah, I feel rested. I would say less than 5% of our patients say that they wake up rested. But I mean, I guess it makes sense that those are the people that end up coming in. Yeah. Another one is once you wake up in the middle of the night, not being able to fall back asleep. So many people will use sleeping medication to go to sleep and stay asleep because they know that if they wake up, they can't get back to sleep. It's this, this, uh, what happens for a lot of people is they go to bed maybe at 10 or 11 and they wake up at two o'clock, one or two o'clock in the morning, and then they know if I wake up, I'm going to be awake until four or five, and then I'm finally able to fall back to sleep, but I've got to get up at 6.30, so I, I don't get enough sleep. Yep, you're right. You're not, you're not getting anywhere close to enough sleep. So that's a, that's a symptom of insomnia. Um, fatigue and cognitive impairment as a result of not getting enough sleep. That's another uh, symptom there are lots and lots of people, yeah, they're fatigued. We have almost all of our patients come in with fatigue, um, and all of us have been fatigued at some point or another. But the the piece is cognitive impairment. Once it starts affecting your ability to think and operate mentally, you have an issue, right? And then lastly, this is something that you'll notice in children um, is – if they have difficulty in school, as an adult, if you're having difficulty at work, um, if your personal relationships are suffering, this can be this can be a, a result of not getting enough sleep, right? So those are big symptoms that that go along with it. Now, causes. There are a lot of different causes of insomnia. Um, there there are conditions and lifestyle factors that cause in, uh, cause insomnia. Things like stress, anxiety, pain. Pain is another one. It's very hard to sleep if you've had severe pain or chronic pain. It's hard to sleep when you're in lots of pain. If you have to, I said before, if you have to get up and use the restroom um, or urges to use the restroom in the middle of the night, that makes it difficult to uh, to sleep and can cause insomnia. Hot flashes, women who are perimenopausal or postmenopausal or menopausal, not postmenopausal, perimenopausal or menopausal, are dealing with the hot flashes that go along with that. That can cause insomnia. Sleep apnea is another one that, that really causes, causes insomnia in individuals. People that have sleep apnea, I can't tell you how many people have it and they refuse to do anything about it. They know they have it. They've been diagnosed with it. They don't want to wear the the CPAP machines. They don't want to, which is, I mean, it's fine. If you don't want to wear that, you're just, you're just harming yourself. But they also don't want to do the natural things that they can do to, to decrease the risk of sleep apnea, which would improve their sleep. Right. Because they don't want to have the personal responsibility. Um, things like arthritis, asthma, which we did a show uh, recently on asthma, 
can impact uh, impact your your ability to sleep. Restless leg syndrome, another another show that we've done um, fairly recently. And by the way, restless leg syndrome got a tremendous um, feedback. We got more response from that than I ever expected. We had a lot of people that were asking for that, but I had no idea right. how many people out there are dealing with restless legs. So if that's something that you're listening to and you missed that show, go back, go to iTunes or uh, onto SoundCloud, find our Wellness 101 shows and listen to the and listen to the Restless Leg I mean, yeah, podcast. And I don't want to, you know, digress too much, but I think that it's something and I talked about that on the show that, you know, I did suffer from that for a short period of time while I was pregnant and it's really frustrating and I think that in general, conventional medicine looks at it like, you know, well, it's not life-threatening. Right. But it is so frustrating. So I just think, yeah, it's it, – I I was surprised by the response that we got. Right. Um, another – other things include digestive problems. So if you're getting up and have to use the restroom, that's going to contribute to insomnia. Um, allergies. Another one that I, I – I, I think a lot of people just kind of laughed at initially, and if if this if this is you, if this is your this is your job, you understand this is real. Working nights or doing shift work, third shift syndrome. Um, there's there's actually a lot to be said for being awake in the middle of the night. It's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to go to sleep when the sun goes down. Oh, there's been research that shows it decreases your lifespan. Yes, I mean, absolutely. So- and I don't think a lot of people put that together. But, I mean, look at a baby. Babies don't really – they just grow. They don't really know. But as soon as the sun goes down, it gets starts getting dark. They start getting tired. I mean, that's just how it is. Not and they're they just born. Well, um, <laughs> no, but they're – But they do quickly acclimate to right. it. It's amazing. I mean, our little guy's six and a half months old, and he's sleeping nine, ten hours a night. On top of his two-hour naps that he takes in the morning and the afternoon. Sometimes it's only an hour, but he's sleeping through the night, no problem. And he just knows when to go to bed, and he wakes up within 10 minutes of sunrise on either side of it. Yeah. Typically when he's wide awake, he's ready to go for the day. And that's how we should be as as adults. That's how we should, how we should sleep. Um, alcohol and drug use can definitely impact um, sleep. And lastly, um, medications. There are a lot of medications out there that really, really have an impact on people's sleep, and they don't even realize it. And really where it gets very interesting is when you have someone taking five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten medications or more, you have no idea. There's no research that shows what in the world is going on if you're taking ten medications. Right. They have no clue. The side effects are just insane that could be going on. So absolutely, if you're on more than two medications, you can definitely be causing sleep problems. And the issue is that um, when you're on medications and they're causing insomnia, if you go to the doctor, you'll be given a medication, a sleep medication. Yeah. So you'll just be given another medication. I mean, we see this all the time. And even with young uh, with people who are fairly young. I mean, we see yeah. a lot of... There's a lot of college kids on sleep meds. I, well, and uh, because they're, a lot of them are taking um, like Adderall or Ritalin or, you know, something for ADD. We see that a lot. We yep. see headache medications, and a lot of those have um, caffeine in them. Uh, and also allergy medications. Yep. A lot of allergy medications keep you up. And there are a lot of antidepressants can do this also. I mean, there are a lot of other ones that can, but those are ones in young people that we see um, make a huge impact and then they end up on a sleep medication in addition to it yeah 
All right, we got to take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some natural remedies for insomnia. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123. And welcome back, everyone. Today, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about um, how to improve sleep. We've been talking about insomnia, different causes of it, and now we're going to talk about. We're basically going to spend the rest of the show talking about some natural remedies that you can that you can do to um, improve your sleep. So. Let's get started. We've got several. Um, we're going to do our best to try to get through our list. So we're going to be going through these relatively quickly, not spending a whole lot of time on each and every one. Um, so the first one, set the right temperature. Get your room cool enough. Most people don't realize that they're sleeping in a room that's way too warm. Typically, you want to sleep somewhere between 60 and 73 degrees, and if you're having trouble sleeping, go colder. That's the that's the thing. Is colder is is better. And once you get used to sleeping in a colder room, you're going to find it you sleep so much better when when the air is actually colder. Right. It decreases your body's internal thermometer, and that signifies that it's time to sleep. It's time to go sleepy. That's right. Um, because I mean, no one wants to sweat while they sleep. Let's be honest. Right. Uh, another one. Mood, setting the mood. So dimming the lights 30 minutes before bedtime. Turn off all the extra noises, turn off extra lights, get rid of distractions, turn a fan on, use a white noise machine. I'm a big fan of a white noise machine. We have our little guy, he sleeps with a white noise machine. Um, We sleep with a white noise machine. We have a white noise machine for our dogs. Yep, we have a white noise machine for our dogs. That's exactly right. We have you know, we have a lot of white noise going on in our in our house, um, but it helps. It's just it's very comforting, and it's kind of funny when we take when we take the little guy in to go to sleep. Sometimes he's awake. He's just not. He's having a hard time falling asleep. He just doesn't. Well, he's fighting sleep. All of you parents out there, you understand when your kids are fighting sleep. We literally, I've taken him in countless times and Aaron's like this is never going to work and I just go in and I lay him down I tell him good night and I give him his uh his little stuffed animal that he's with and walk out of the room and it's just typically a couple of minutes and he's sound asleep he's just used to the environment it's cold in his room it's dark in his room and he's got a white noise machine it's the same reason why a lot of parents use sleep sacks with their kids yeah because that signifies to them that it's time to go to sleep I mean it's the same thing you kind of need to do for yourself it makes sense for a kid it you know is just, you need to apply the same principles to yourself. Yeah, and make that a make that a routine. It's the the more routines you get associated with sleep, it's just telling your body, hey, it's time to go to bed. Another piece is using essential oils. We're fans of essential oils. Um, I diffuse them in the office at at, at the clinic. Um, a lot of people comment on how nice it smells in our office. It doesn't smell like a doctor's office, which that's what we're going for. But <laughs> different types of essential oils, you got you may have to pick and choose and find one that's right for you. Some are more calming than others, and some are calming to people that are not calming to other people. So figuring out, you know, 
what essentially essential oil works for you. Things like lavender tend to calm people down. Can, uh, Roman chamomile um, can help. Um, actually, lavender actually has some studies out there that sh- that suggests it can, can that it can improve your sleep uh, quality, and it's a like it's just a kind of a natural sedative. So it really kind of helps helps uh, helps with that. I'm I'm a fan of diffusing them. Um, some people want to rub them on their skin. I I just diffuse them. It doesn't take a lot. You don't have to use more than a drop or two. Typically, um, is is one way to use the essential oils. Um, unwind uh, uh, number the number four. Um, unwinding your mind. So, uh, settle down, hang out, get a good book, and read. Don't get on your computer. Don't watch television. Those things aren't as as uh, as good for your for your sleep as reading. Right, whatever it is that you're reading, you don't want to read. You know something that's you know super exciting and ramps you up. Read. You know, a good novel, right. something that you like. And you need to figure growth. out what it is for you because, I mean, what is, you know, relaxing to one person? Because I know um, we were researching for this show. There were things that said, you know, yeah, um, read like a personal development book or, you know, something mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, and talks about, you know, personal growth. Well, to me, I don't think that would be relaxing. It would make me be thinking about all the things I could be doing and I should be doing. I don't I think it's different for each person. Right. Another thing is um with uh reading before bed for me, I can only do that if I have like a small book light or um I can't have like the light beside my bed on. Um I've just learned that about myself. It's too much and it's not even a bright light. I just can have very little light or I'm like very strongly affected by it. So just kind of right. play around with that. You'd be amazed at how big of a difference these things make and a lot of the things that we're talking about today are are small things and i know if you're for people who are suffering from insomnia you know going through these you're gonna think okay i have a serious you know i like seriously can't sleep you know not looking at my phone is it going to make a difference just try it it's amazing how big of a difference these things can make right and for me like i like to read action books um you know, fast-paced things. I, I I would not do well reading something like that before before bed. Um, that's just that yeah, a page turner that you're like, I can't put it down. Nah, don't read. Don't read. I don't suggest those types of things because it's going to be hard for you to stop reading um, and calm down and, and actually fall asleep. Um, this this next read one textbooks. A lot of times he does that before yeah. bed. And I'm like, I, I, do, I do read textbooks. <laughs> I'm like, how are you not straight? You're, you're telling my, you're telling my <laughs> secrets. Dang it! It's amazing the things that I will look over and he was reading, and I'm just thinking, I don't know how that <laughs> doesn't put you straight to sleep. Oh, I, I love them. I, I, I yeah. they do. You're one of the few people that that would keep you awake because yep. you can't put it down. I can't. I, it's <laughs> kind of true. Um, but yeah, no, there've been times I fall asleep with a textbook on my chest, mm-hmm. so it happens. Um all right, this next one um this might be a touchy one for for some people. Skip the late night sugar and simple carbs. S- tons and tons of people want to eat something right before they go to bed. I I get that. You don't want to go to bed on an empty stomach. However, don't make what you reach for some sort of sweet candy, chocolate, you know, 
cookies, cakes, juice, some fruit that's you know high glycemic index. Stay away from that stuff. All that does is spike your blood sugar, causes a sugar crash, you fall asleep, and then when your body rebounds, you wake up again. And a lot of times what I think is happening in this is we're kind of misreading our body's cues. So our we will crave that stuff at night because your body, it's a physiological response where your body is saying, I'm tired, I want something that's going to give me energy. Right. I mean, like that's what your body is wanting, you know, the sugar because you are getting tired. Well, you actually want to get tired. Right. So, I mean, it's it's never a good source of energy, but it's particularly bad at night because you don't want that to wake you up. Right. So instead of reaching for the sugar, get yourself some protein, some vegetables and have that. You know, that's that's going to be much better for you um, than than, you know, some sort of sugary food. That's it just it just is protein and and vegetables it's basically what we tell people to eat all the time anyway right so next on the list is keeping electronics out of bed we've talked about it on this show so far today don't watch television don't get on your computer don't mess around on your cell phone keep those things off right don't do it it causes your brain to think it's middle of the day. It wakes you up and you have a more difficult time falling back asleep. That's bottom line stuff. That's that's one of the things that we tell every single patient to, to get electronics out of the bed. All right. The next one on the list, maintain a regular sleep schedule. Go to sleep and wake up at the same times each day, even on the weekends. You don't just because it's Saturday or Sunday doesn't mean you get to sleep in until noon and completely destroy your sleep cycle. It doesn't you don't get to make up sleep. You once you lose sleep, it's gone forever, right? You got to you've got to get yourself on a sleep schedule to where you go to bed, go through your ritual. I tell most people, make your ritual something like a 30-minute or an hour ritual to get yourself ready for bed. So if you need to be asleep by 10, Start that ritual at 9 so you can be asleep by 10 and so you can be ready to go at 6, right? And you've gotten your you've gotten your 8 hours in and you're ready to take on the world, right? You're going to see lots and lots of improvement from that. Um, and then uh, the last one before we take a break, limit caffeine after 12 p.m., after noon. That's another big one. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Target at, Nine o'clock at night because that's when I go. Um, I like to go when there's nobody else there, and somebody's literally standing at the counter at Starbucks getting a you know monster coffee or a triple espresso shot. I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I just it baffles me. But that's another one. Caffeine after 12 p.m. can really start messing with your circadian rhythm. We're not huge fans of caffeine anyway. I understand that some people like it. There may be some health benefits. There's researches on both sides of the fence. Coffee may be good for you, but not afternoon. It just lay off the stuff. It'll it'll help your sleep at night. That stuff stays in your system for a while. All right, we got to take another break. Um, when we come back, we're going to keep going on through some natural remedies to help your sleep. You're listening to Wellness 101. You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123.
And welcome back to the show, everyone. If you're just tuning into the show today, we're talking about um, how to improve sleep and We've been going through natural ways that you can that you can uh, improve your sleep. And next up on the list is working out in the morning. This one is huge. If you talk to any successful person on the planet, they will all tell you they work out in the morning. It's the first thing they do when they get out of bed is they go work out. Um, it's really important. It sets the sets the tone for the day and allows you to wind down at night. What you're doing in the morning first thing is helping your body know that it's time to sleep at night. Um, that's a big, big piece of that puzzle. Journaling before bed is another thing that you can do. We're big fans of writing, um, keeping track of what's going on for the day. List out a few things that you were grateful for, for during the day. Um, it'll improve your mood and it'll help you sleep. Um, another natural remedy would be to eat melatonin foods or melatonin-producing foods. So melatonin foods, things like bananas um, are good for you, cherries, um, ginger um, can help. Um, tomatoes can help, even though some people are not fans of tomatoes. Um, those are those are key pieces of the puzzle. But then you can also combine that with foods that contain high levels of tryptophan. And turkey is not the highest source of tryptophan. Actually, beef and chicken have um, more ter- tryptophan in them than turkey. Um, and everybody's like, "Oh, I have tryptophan. I got a lot of that at, at at Thanksgiving." It wasn't the turkey that made you sleepy. It was the Three plates of carbohydrates on you that you consumed that made you sleepy. So don't don't blame the turkey and tryptophan for what the carbs did. Um, so those are th- those are just some things that you can do. Um, a lot of meats have have high levels of tryptophan. Eggs have tryptophan um, in them as well. Uh, another thing that you can do is start adding magnesium. Um, we have a lot of people that have sleep issues, and we recommend some magnesium glycinate to help them relax, um, calm down, and then improve their sleep. Um, and another one, this one's this one's kind of funny. I don't know where counting sheep came from, but don't don't count don't count sheep. Uh, that's not that's not going to be the answer. You're better off. You know, if you're having trouble over the course of 20 minutes falling asleep, you're better off just getting up, doing something, and then go back to bed. Um, don't don't count sheep. That's just, that, that's just silly. Um, get sunshine. When you wake up, most people don't wake up before the sun, so they wake up around sunrise typically is when, when a lot of people wake up. We ask. Getting outside, getting pure sunlight in your eyeballs within the first 5 to 10 minutes of when you wake up helps to reset your circadian rhythm and helps your body with the cortisol awakening response to actually wake you up, get the melatonin production off so the cortisol rises. So then at nighttime, you will flip that around and the melatonin will improve, the cortisol will go down, you will go to sleep. That's a key piece of that puzzle, um, why we need to get sunshine. Um, Detox baths are another one. So there are lots of different detox baths out there. Um, they're very relaxing. Some people use essential oils, um, things like lavender. Other people will use um, things like Epsom salt, which is just magnesium getting into your system. But just relaxing in a, in a nice hot bath can can be very helpful. Um, chamomile tea is another one. I feel like I'm talking all the time, Erin. You're just kind of help, just hanging out over there. She's sleeping. like, yeah, just sleeping. She's, she's taking a nap. <laughs> she's getting her winks in now. Um, I know that we've got a lot of these to get through, so I'm just letting yeah. you get through them quickly. So sipping on chamomile tea is a, is another one. Chamomile um, is, is helps to people to fall asleep. Um, and so I, I'm a big fan of chamomile tea. 
Um, I don't have to use it. Typically, I don't have much of a problem going to sleep. Um, I just I don't have to use it, but some people really do, and, and they love it. Now, this next one, this is one that I do do. Do do that I that I do perform um, meditation um, with breathing, prayer, thankfulness, gratefulness, gratitude. Um, that's the stuff I really I do a lot of. Um, guided meditations can help a lot. Um, there are apps out there that you can utilize to help you with guided meditations. Things like Headspace will walk you through um, guided meditation. But anything that helps reduce stress, meditation helps to reduce stress, puts you into a positive space and just help you be more relaxed. Right. Meditation. Um, and along with that, you know, and you mentioned gratitude, also just um, taking a few minutes to, uh, you know, to think about what you're thankful for and also just to visualize yourself. If you had a bad day, take a minute to visualize yourself doing things better the next day. And it just um, puts your your mind in a better space and it's going to be more relaxing than what we tend to do, which is to focus on what went wrong and keep playing that over and over in our heads. It's right. just instead of trying to omit something from your mind, it's easier to replace it. So it's better to, you know, to have an active task, which is visualize yourself doing something positive the next day. Yeah, no, that's great. So another another thing that you can do is use natural sleep supplement, supplements. I'm not a fan of using these long term. Um, these are for short short term relief. Um, but things like valerian root, passion flower, melatonin, these are all things that can help you sleep. Yeah, these are better for acute insomnia. Not this is chronic. a yes. This is acute insomnia. You've got some stress. You've got something, some trauma, and you need a little help sleeping. This is what you. This is what you can use. This is not something that you want to become dependent upon. Um, because it's no different than being dependent upon some sort of sleep medication. We don't want to have to use these long term. Um, we talked earlier, another one, we talked earlier about getting up and, and working out in the morning. That workout needs to be full body exercise. Large muscle groups, legs, arms, back, shoulders, everything. Do the, a total body workout all at, all at once. That's something that can really, really help Um High intensity interval training is also great. These quick bursts of of high intensity really, really, really can help um, sleep that next night. That's the thing is you're doing waking up doing things to help you sleep later on in the day that that evening, right? And then the last thing on the list that I want to talk about, and this one is extremely important. I can't tell you how important this is. Invest in a good mattress. Do not go out and buy a $99 mattress. Whatever you do, it don't do that. It makes a big that. difference. It's a huge difference. If you're buying an inner spring mattress, make sure there are thousands of coils in that in that spring mattress and that they're individually wrapped. Otherwise, use, you know, a like a Select Comfort mattress or a Tempur-Pedic mattress. I mean, we have a Tempur-Pedic ourselves. I love the thing. I wouldn't sleep on anything else. Um, you yeah, know, you, sleep is super important. I yeah. think a lot of people don't, you know, they're like, well, I'm sleeping. Who cares? But, well, I mean, if you're not sleeping, then you right. definitely should worry about it. Now, I do have to say, you know, there are things that you, I mean, you know, we got our Tempur-Pedic. You have to let these things air out. They're, they're a little chemically smelling at the beginning. You can, you know, do things to, to remedy that. There are things that you can put on there to, to decrease the chemical exposures and stuff. But a high-quality mattress, overall, the, the, the general rule is spend money on a mattress. You should be spending a third of your life on that thing. Yeah. 
spend the money for it. And if if these, I mean, these are all tips that I think can help you improve your sleep. Obviously, we wanted to give you things that you can do at home. If you go through these um the tips that we've given you and you're still having problems, there could be an underlying issue going on. Right. Get it checked out. Yeah. You need to, you know, go see a functional medicine practitioner. If you go to see someone who does conventional medicine, you will end up with a sleeping pill. That's why so many people are on sleeping pills. But there is a cause for it. So the easiest things to do are what we wanted to give you because there are things that you can do at home by yourself. But if you are still having trouble, go and get it looked at. You should be able to sleep. So something else is going on. Right. So we gave a lot of information today. That's about all the time we've got for the show. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We're always posting um, some information out there. So feel free to to reach out to us. We'll do our best to get back to you as quickly as we can. Um, So that's all for today. For Aaron, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening. Wellness 101 has been brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. Your destination for functional medicine in St. Louis. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123.